0: Welcome to Horsepower to Hyperloops, Kettering University's official podcast, where we serve up a smorgasbord of fascinating people, groundbreaking ideas, and noteworthy advancements in fields as diverse as mobility, healthcare, engineering, and technology.
1: Hi, this is Tim Troop Noonan, author of GMI Kettering at 100. For decades, GMI was a male bastion, preparing men for work in what was thought, in another age, to be men's work. The first female GMI student is widely considered to have set foot on campus in 1965 and graduated five years later. She was, of course, followed by growing numbers of women. But the facts bear some parsing. The truth is that the first female degree candidate arrived in 1965. But she was not GMI's first female student. Far from it. There was a time, in fact, when the halls of the academic building were filled with female students taking classes in various aspects of automotive engineering. Why? World War II. In other words, the influx of women into formerly male domains was not a GMI-specific event. Women at GMI were therefore part of a much larger national phenomenon as men went off to war. Again, it was another era when fewer women were in the armed forces. Women not only stayed home, but actually headed off to factories and other blue-collar jobs to keep the American economy and war machine moving. These women were symbolized by a popular image of a cheerful, hard-working, muscular woman with a no-nonsense red-checked banana and nicknamed Rosie the Riveter. The automotive industry had, of course, lost thousands of workers to the military and needed lots of rosies to keep the assembly lines moving. And these rosies needed training. Enter GMI. Mindful of the times, for the first time ever, the GMI Board of Regents approved training for women as engineering technicians. The women were not, however, admitted admitted to two or four-year programs, and in fact, the two-year program was eliminated about this time. Instead, the women took courses under the very popular spare-time format, a program in which currently employed workers could take courses at GMI in their spare time. These courses were designed to provide, in very short order, specific skills that would allow them to do specific factory jobs. Thus it was that in the early 1940s, Men largely disappeared from the hallways and classrooms of GMI, and women took their spots. One year during the war, there were only five men in the graduating class. But this was simply a mirror of the national scene, and that lasted through the war years. When the war was over, it would be two decades before the next woman would take a class at GMI, and she would be on her way to a degree, with waves of women following. Now, a side note. Major Sobe welcomed the women. His son, Albert J., who was also a student at GMI during the war years, told me that his father had long wanted to integrate GMI in terms of both gender and race. But unfortunately, he was far ahead of his time. Part of the problem to that point lay with the nature of a GMI education. Co-op students had to be accepted and approved not only by the school, but by a sponsoring plant or factory. Until wartime, many plant personnel departments, plant managers, and foremen, whoever was in charge of hiring at a particular plant, had a difficult time imagining a woman on the factory floor. Even the more progressive people at the plants felt their hands were tied because, said Albert Jay, plant people were afraid of what the union would think. The bottom line? Until World War II, jobs went almost exclusively to white males. Then the war forced everyone's hand, and Rosie's entered the workforce in a variety of industries. Clearly, these pioneers paved the way for their daughters a generation later to burrow into previously all-male professions, and a generation after that for their granddaughters to rise all the way to the top of the corporate ladder. Now, in recent years, about 360 women have made up roughly 20% of the Kettering student body, But had you walked through the front door of the academic building during the early 1940s, chances are that, other than professors, you would have seen almost nothing but women. And that's a bit of hidden GMI history. Thanks for listening. I'm Tim Choupnier.
0: Join us again to hear Kettering University's podcast, Horsepower to Hyperloops, Available from wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening.